This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, July 24th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle flying solo on today's show. All right, so I started a thread on the front row message board on Bucknuts. I'm going to answer a bunch of questions that Bucknut subscribers posed to me on the message board. Um, there is a bunch of questions about defensive recruiting. People are not happy after Ohio State uh, did not land linebacker KVA yesterday. Yeah, I'm going to cheat and say KVA. Um the talented linebacker, um, you know, they had a very good shot at him. He was down to Ohio State, USC, Notre Dame, and he picked the Fighting Irish. And uh, people are not happy. We're going to get into all that and some other defensive recruiting stuff. We're also going to talk a lot about um, the Buckeyes themselves this fall. Uh, look at some depth chart situations. We're going to talk about um, – I was asked to give my prediction on who's going to uh, make the college football playoff, who's going to be the first two teams out, final year of the four-team playoff. Um Hey, the Buckeyes won the first four-team playoff. How about they win the last one as well? And we're going to talk about, I had a question about who are the top five college football coaches in order right now, and is Ryan Day one of them? So we're going to get into all that and much, much, much more. Um, this, is, this is probably going to be a pretty long show. Um, all right, first question. This is from Deegs, 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 G-S-H. All right. He's not buying the Michigan hype, basically. He says, am I the only one who doesn't get the UM hype? He said he acknowledges Michigan's beaten Ohio State twice, um, but felt last year's game was a little fluky. I'm now paraphrasing. He says McCarthy's a good quarterback, but not great, basically. Um, on and on and on about, you know, talking about Michigan. Well, I mean, I hear what you're saying. Last game, if you go back and watch last year's game, which I know is tough to do, I mean, everything did kind of fall in place um for Michigan then once they you know got that momentum um you know then they were able just to pull away but that was a close game early I, I maintain that if um when Ohio State's leading by seven early in the game Michigan had no momentum could not move the ball and on a third down uh Cam Brown whiffed on uh, a tackle and Jack Sawyer was late getting there Michigan takes it to the house tied the game gave them momentum as I've said many times it reminded me of the spring slips game in 96 Michigan had no momentum in that game um, spring slipped, tie streaks, took it to the house, and uh, Michigan all of a sudden had momentum. 
Same thing as in last year's game. But um, as far as people giving Michigan a lot of hype, picking them to win the Big Ten, like Phil Steele's picking them to win the Big Ten. And, you know, most people have Michigan a little bit ahead of Ohio State in the national rankings. Um, although Vegas does have Ohio State ranked or ranked. Vegas gives, uh, you know, Ohio State a better chance to win the national championship than Michigan. Ohio State 7-1 to one odds. Michigan 10 to one odds to win it all. Um, but I think the answer to your question is they, they've earned it. They, they have beaten Ohio state twice. So Ohio state, we can sit here and say that, yeah, we don't, we think Michigan's, you know, look at what happened in the TCU game. They, they were, you know, they were overrated and Ohio state really, you know, that was more Ohio state playing terrible than it was Michigan playing well, but um, Michigan's beat them twice and both scores do not look good. It's not like they lost on the last Ohio state lost on the last second field goal. So um, Michigan's earned it. Ohio State, if they, you know, if all of us are sick of it, um, and I know we are, then there's one way to do that, one way to solve that, and that's to beat Michigan in Ann Arbor this year. And I'm confident Ohio State will get that done. I know we're going to talk about that later. Another question about that. All right, next question comes from Greckney. I apologize, apologize if I'm saying some of these names wrong. G R E C N I. These are just Bucknuts usernames. All right, he wants basically wants to know how I feel about the defensive ends this year, and are we sure there's actually good depth there? And he goes into a little bit about you know last year with Javante Jean Baptiste and Zach Harrison playing a lot. I think there is good depth there as far as I love the top four. Um, so when you say good depth, if Kenyatta Jackson and Caden Curry are your backup defensive ends, and they are, that's good depth to me. Now, can they withstand like a bunch of injuries? No. Um, Amari Abor is the number five defensive end. That's a good situation to be in, but I, I still need to see it from him. But I'm confident Kenyatta Jackson and Caden Curry are going to have good seasons this year. And we know we know that Larry Johnson likes to use the rotation. So I'm very confident that, um, you know, with JT, Tumalo, Allen, Jack Sawyer as the starters, and then Kenyatta Jackson and Caden Curry as the top backups. I mean, that's if they can stay reasonably healthy, that's a fantastic top four. And I think Kenyatta Jackson – and Caden Curry are going to push Jack Sawyer. They'll push JT as well. But, I mean, um, we at least saw flashes of it with JT last year. Obviously, he took over the Penn State game. Um, Jack, you know, and he maybe it wasn't his fault. Now Jack's going to be able to put his hand in the dirt, go after the quarterback, seal the edge um, in the run game, just be what he – do what he does well. I also think Jack might have bulked up a little too much. Caden Curry bulked up a little too much going – not last year as a true freshman, but going into spring, which he acknowledged, and then he's – slimmed down a little bit this offseason. So I, I think Kenyatta Jackson it could he has star potential. I think Caden Curry reminds me a lot of Matt Finkus from back in the day. I'm not just saying that because they both uh, wear the number 92. Um, so I like I like the situation at the end. All right. Next up, man on the moon. He said, give me your uh, 2024 college football playoff predictions. Who's going to make the top four and who's going to be the top two out? This is a tough one. I have, um, you know, I, I do not think Georgia is going to three-peat. This is, you know, last year's roster was a little, I didn't think it was quite as good as their one the previous year. And I don't think their roster this year is as good as last year's. That being said, it's still really good. But they are breaking in a new quarterback. Um, so that'll be interesting. But they have such a cake schedule. So I tend to think Georgia is going to get in. I'm going to pick the Buckeyes to get in. Uh, I'm not picking two Big Ten teams. I think it's going to be either Ohio State or Michigan, although Penn State has a Good, very good roster this year. Um, I'm going to pick the Buckeyes to get it done and to get back to the college football playoff this time as Big Ten champ. Stay with me here on this next one. I'm going with Clemson because I do think an ACC team is going to make it just because they're going to be sitting there probably at, if not 13-0, 12-1 if you're Clemson or Florida State. 
Now, if you're ACC champion, you're 11 and two, forget about it. But if I had to bet, I think there's going to be probably a 12 and one ACC champ. Um, and I think Clemson can get that done. I like their young quarterback. Dabo brought in a pretty good offensive coordinator. Their offensive coordinator last year was not good at all. So um, if their quarterback can live up to what I think he can be, Clemson might be a problem this year. And playing in the ACC helps them. Now, would I like to play Clemson in the playoff if Ohio State makes it? Yes. I'm not saying Clemson's going to win the championship, but I think they can make the playoff. And frankly, after Georgia and Ohio State, it got kind of tough when I was trying to pick these teams because um, – you know, you got, you got some teams that are just really bunched in there. But I'll go with Clemson. By the way, Phil Steele has Clemson second overall in the country. Again, not in his power rankings, but as far as the, you know, because when you factor in schedule strength and everything. So take that for what it's worth. Um, so I'll go with Clemson. And then the last one, I'll go with Bama. Just because, you know, the, you know there's going to be two SEC teams that make it, right? We're going to say, we're, everybody's talking about, how about there's two Big Ten teams make it? Well, there was last year, so it could happen again. I've even heard people say there could be three Big Ten teams make it. That's never going to happen when there's only – it'll happen starting next year, not when there's only four teams. I'd love that. I'd love to see that, but I don't think it's going to happen. So I'll go with Bama. But I want to point – I'll give you my the, the two that I have, uh, the first two out in a sec. I'll go with Bama because, you know, just because they're Bama, I guess. It's like a default. But I have had people that I trust profusely who cover SEC football, and if anything – want Bama to do well, I'll put it that way. I won't go as far as to call them Bama fans. Saying this is the worst, and you guys have heard me say this on the show once or twice, I'm sure, but I've heard had these people tell me that I trust that this is going to be you know the worst roster Saban's had in a while. Still a really good roster because it's Alabama. Just go back and look at their recent recruiting classes. Even if some of these guys haven't panned out, that's recruiting. They, they're still loaded with talent. It's just not up to where it's been. As evidenced by the fact they had to bring in Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame, who is right in the running to be their starting quarterback. I mean, he he might not be. He's competing with two younger guys who, um, you know, were Saban recruits who have been at Alabama for a couple of years. Um, so he's competing. It's a three man race. The point is though, and that's not just a quarterback. They have some issues, um, but I'll still I'll, I'll go with Bama because I I mean LSU is going to be in the running. Um, I, I just feel like there's going to be two SEC teams that make it, so I'll go with Alabama. And then the first two out, I have Michigan, and then I'll go with USC. almost put LSU in there, but I'll go with Michigan and USC as the first two out. I almost picked USC to make it. I just don't trust Lincoln Riley, um, specifically on defense. I mean, he just finds a way to just – if he does make it in, you know, he'll do what he did at, at Oklahoma, and they'll, make, they'll get in and get beat by 50 because he can't play defense. Alex Grinch can't uh, coach a defense. They can't play defense. Maybe it'll change. I mean, they've got talent at USC, but um, also how focused is Caleb Williams going to be when he knows he's the number one pick of the draft? I don't know. Of course, Marvin Harrison Jr. is the number two pick of the draft, so maybe I shouldn't go there. Um, all right, here we go. Next one. All right, obviously, you know, there's going to be a lot of questions about KVA and Buckeye recruiting, as I said. Um, this is from Brave Shark 1980. He says, is KVA the beginning of another face plant and recruiting by our defensive staff, e.g. E meaning we will strike out on all of the guys we are quote-unquote leading for, or is KVA just an outlier? Well, I won't say he's an outlier. I think it's somewhere in between. I still feel confident that they're going to get – I know we have a specific question about this later. I'll just answer it now, like how I feel about some of the guys that are still on their board. 
doesn't sound good for Edric Houston, although they're still in on it. I know he he likes Ohio State, but Bama sounds like they're really closing strong on him. Um, so if I had to bet, I don't think they're going to get Edric Houston. If I had to bet, I don't think they're going to get K.J. Bolden. I think he's going to stay and go with Georgia. But, I, again, those both those guys like Ohio State, so I'm not ruling it out. I do think Ohio State's going to get Aaron Scott, and I do think Ohio State's going to get Dylan Stewart. Those are two five-star defensive recruits right there, Aaron Scott, Dylan Stewart. Now, if they completely strike out, I, I get um, people freaking out. I, I do. I, I'm still in wait-and-see mode. Of course, you know, you guys could do whatever the heck you want. Our, our website's called Buck Nuts. As Dan Rubin always says, it's not called Buck Rational Observers. It's Buck Nuts. So have at it. Um, but um, I still feel like they're going to – well, maybe it's not going to be the, the incredibly great haul that we expected on defense. It's still going to be pretty damn good. But they have to get Aaron Scott, in my opinion, and they need to get Dylan Stewart. And I continue hearing good things about Dylan Stewart, um, including from one source in particular who tells me Ohio State's doing a really good job on the NIL front. And I'll leave it at that with Dylan Stewart. So I feel good about Aaron Scott and uh, Dylan Stewart. All right, moving right along. Oh, there's another off-topic question from Brave Shark. Will the Reds take the series from the Brewers? Would be nice, right? If they do, they'll be back in sole possession of first place. I won't take too long on this one. Um, what's weird is, man, you go up to Milwaukee, and I'm thinking, as a Reds fan, I'm like, hopefully we just get one of three. That's not a good go one and two, you know, win one of the three games. That's not a good – that's not a winner's attitude. Go in there and win the series, okay? Yeah, I'm going to just change my mind here live on the air. Um, can they do it? Yeah, they can do it. They just got to – the Brewers seem to be whatever their, their kryptonite. They play – they even played the Braves really well. They only, only won one of those three games, but every game was tight, and they played great baseball. And the Braves, to me, are just clearly the best team in baseball. Um, so, yeah, they can do it. We'll see if they do it. It's fun. I'm just it's house money for the Reds at this point. We never expected this. All right, one bad buck wants to know, would Ohio State be a top two or three team in the SEC every year? I think that'd be right there. That certainly top three team, you know, every year. They'd be right there. Um, you know, Ohio State to me is better than LSU, and LSU is going to be right there. Tennessee has a chance to be, you know, third best team, maybe even the second best team. Those are the top four teams this year, probably in the you know, in whatever order: Georgia, Bama, um, LSU, Tennessee. Um, I know A and M's getting a lot of buzz, you know, from like you know their top fifteen. I'll believe it when I see it. I, that's one of those I wish we could, you know, bet that they're not going to finish in the top fifteen. <laughs> they need to put that on my. Uh, my app that I use here in the great state of Ohio. So a couple more quick ones from one bad buck. Um, will the corners have five or more interceptions this year? Yes. As a collective unit. Yes. When I first read that, I thought he meant, well, any corners themselves, individual corners, I would go no on that. But as a collective unit, yes, which they didn't do last year, which is why he's asking the question. Another one, will there be a double digit sack guy this year? Man, that's tough. Uh, can JT get there? Can Mike Hall get there? I'll say they both fall just short, but they'll be knocking on that door. Nine, nine and a half, and maybe they'll get there, you know, depending on how many games Ohio State plays. Hopefully they play 15. Um, but I'll go with they fall just short. But Mike Hall is going to be disruptive up the middle. Usually wouldn't say a defensive tackle is in the mix for 10 sacks, but Mike Hall, if he stays healthy, will be. I mean, he had like, what, two and a half in like uh, when he had played like six plays one game because of the shoulder. So – you can get that uh, mini Aaron Donald stay healthy. He can he can push for double digits. And then JT can get there. Uh, Sawyer, I guess, could. Kenyatta Jackson could. But, like, you know, um, 
Tui Molowell is the one that gives me a little pause there. I think he could get it, but I'll say he falls just short. Again, right around that, I, I'll go with like nine, nine and a half for JT and like eight for Mike Hall, somewhere around there. And uh, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully this is uh, one of the many things I'm wrong about. One more from One Bad Buck. Ryan Day's last three quarterbacks have all been Heisman finalists. Will the winner of the job this year keep the trend going? Hmm, it's interesting. I will go with no, but it'll be very close. If Kyle McCord, we're assuming he's going to be the starter, um, plays well, he's got this embarrassment of riches to throw to. I'll say he just falls short of being a Heisman finalist, but won't be. It won't surprise me if he's there because you couldn't find a, a more quarterback friendly offense, as evidenced by what you just said. With the last three quarterbacks have all been Heisman finalists. Of course, the last three quarterbacks have all been really good first round NFL draft picks. So that's another thing. There are. It's not just the uh, their products of the system. It's um, those gents, um, including the the late great Dwayne Haskins, extremely talented. And I think Justin Fields is going to have a big year this year. Now that he's got weapons around him, and C.J. Stroud's getting a lot of good buzz with the Texans' second overall pick. I think Fields and Stroud are going to be the ones that turn this narrative around about Ohio State. It's not even a narrative; it's just a fact. I love Mike Tomczak going back for that's the first Ohio State quarterback I can remember when I actually knew what was going on with Ohio State football. And liked it a lot. My mom and dad were into it. So that's from a young age, I was into it. But so I was like six years old. And the first quarterback I remember was Mike Tomzak. So I love Mike Tomzak. But when Mike Tomzak is your best NFL quarterback that you've had from a program in the last, you know, basically ever, um, you know, that says it all right there. Um, so they've, they've got to buck this trend. And I think both of them will. So we'll see. All right. Moving right along. Told you guys it was going to be a long show. A lot of good stuff here, though. Buck Nut subscribers coming strong with questions. Next one is from 32 Buckeye Forever. 32 Buckeye Forever. He's like, Dave, where do you see Lorenzo Styles in the corner rotation? Is he is he a project who might redshirt this year to preserve two years of eligibility? I don't think he's going to redshirt. I think they're at least going to use him on special teams, but he's more of a depth piece at corner. You look at corner, I love the depth there with – Let's just go right down the list. Denzel Burke's the number one corner, and then whatever order, two, three, Jordan Hancock, Davis and Igbenosa, and Davis and Igbenosa, and Jordan Hancock. Those guys, to me, are almost interchangeable. Love that they have both of them. And then Jair Brown, that's a luxury to have him as a second-year guy as your number four corner. So you got Jair Brown. You have Ryan Turner. you got the two true freshmen uh, with Jermaine Matthews, Calvin Simpson Hunt, and then Lorenzo Styles is your eighth. Uh, I'm not saying he's eighth on the depth chart. I'm just saying he's – you know, they have eight scholarship corners, but he might fit in maybe fifth or sixth. I don't know. He's certainly not in the top four. So I don't think he'll redshirt. But after what they went through last year when they only had six scholarship corners and then they got nailed with just decimated by injuries. I mean, it's nice to have eight scholarship corners. And then if they can stay reasonably healthy, that's a good group right there, especially with Denzel Burke in his money year um, really came on in the spring. I think he's going to have a big year after a sophomore slump last year. So. And then you got, again, Hancock, Igbenos, and Jair Brown. Really like it. So, yeah, Lorenzo Styles. I don't think he's going to uh, redshirt, although I guess I shouldn't rule it out. Um, but uh, I think he's going to at least help on special teams. All right, next one from 32 Buckeye Forever. Could Jelani Thurman take the number three or possibly the number two tight end spot this year? No, not this year. Because I, I know they really like Joe Royer as that number two, and they – G. Scott had a really good spring, too. So he's knocking you – know, G. Scott right now is a clear number three. Um, but, 
you know, could Jelani Thurman perhaps get into that number three role? I could see that. I can't see him getting into the number two role, though. But, I, you know, the future is bright for that young man. We'll just put it that way. But this year, I think it's going to be tough for him to play a lot as a true freshman. We shall see. Next question is from Woody Hayes. I love when Woody asks me questions. Just feel flattered. Woody Hayes wants to know why so little talk about the depth in our defensive backfield. Now, I don't know if he means when I first read this, you probably go with your first instinct. He maybe he doesn't like the depth, or maybe he's talking about he likes the depth and there's not enough talk about it. Now, I've talked about this before, so I'm happy to talk about it again. I love the depth in, in the secondary. Love it. I just went through it at, at corner. Um, I'll go with safety now. I mean, I don't need to repeat myself at corner. I just went through all eight corners pretty much in order. Um, at safety, it's just in spring, it was hilarious to me. Like the second team safeties would go out there. I'm like, how, how are they not the first team safeties? So the first team safeties in spring were Proctor, Ransom and Cam Martinez. And there's no doubt Ransom's going to be a starter. They've talked about that, but I think the other two, I mean, I'm thinking, come on, Proctor's not going to, he can't be a starter. He, in my opinion, but then the second team guys would run out there and it'd be Sonny Styles. Kai Stokes and Jihad Carter. And I'm like, okay, well, Sonny Styles has to start. And then one of those other two guys I think needs to start. I like Kai Stokes a lot. And then Jihad Carter, um, hard to tell from the spring, but based on his pedigree from Syracuse, he was really good at Syracuse. Um, I mean, their fans were pissed when he left, not like upset at him. Like he wasn't getting like threats or anything, but they'd be like, you know, like we all are sports fans. One of our, you know, guy we think is really good in our team leaves whether it's a pro sport he leaves as a free agent or college he transfers you're gonna be like damn i like that guy like he's good that's how syracuse fans felt about jihad carter if you got, got it on syracuse board so um now does that mean just because he was a good starter at syracuse he can be a good starter at ohio state no but um he didn't come here to sit the bench so that's interesting um point of the matter is i love the depth at safety love it when the second team is going out there in the spring and you're like how is that not the first team you know you got good depth at safety. And um, so, again, Lathan Ransom, Sonny Styles to me are, in my book, should be locked for starters. And, and then we'll see after that. Cam Martinez doesn't get a lot of love from fans. Struggled last year as his first extended playing time at the collegiate level. Young man that was an outstanding quarterback. Um, you know, run first quarterback, uh, State of Michigan. It was actually the Gatorade player of the year in the State of Michigan his senior year. Tough kid. Smart kid. Actually had a really good spring. So I wouldn't write off Cam Martinez yet. I know he struggled last year. He's in the slot. Jihad Carter can play the slot. You can move Jair Brown over to play the slot if you want to. You can move Ryan Turner over to play the slot. Um, they've got options. they got depth at corner, depth at safety. So Woody, you do not need to roll over in your grave. You can just party in your grave because we've got good depth at in the secondary this year. We could use a Jack Tatum. Um, maybe Sonny Styles can be, be the Jack Tatum, though. Maybe we do. Maybe we have a bigger Jack Tatum. We don't need Sonny getting kicked out of games. Jack Tatum would make it through like two plays in today's game, Woody. Jack Tatum would make it through like two plays. Yes, it was before my time, but I I've watched plenty of film of Jack Tatum. What I didn't know was when Jack Tatum paralyzed the guy in the NFL at the hit. I didn't know till years later that was a preseason game. Boy, Jack Tatum. When Jim Trussell got the job, another thing you couldn't do today, it'd be too politically incorrect. It wasn't even that long ago. Jim Trussell got the job. You guys will remember this. He had the Jack Tatum hit of the week. 
They would give out an award every week at the, the weekly press conference, the official press conference with Trestle all up there in a suit and tie and, you know, all the media there with media luncheon and everything. And um, Trestle would get up there and they'd have their different awards. And one would be the Jack Tatum hit of the week. So couldn't do that today. Okay, Buford Phillip, 1995, says, Dave, little out there question, but what do you see as the first play we run week one? Oh, I think the Statue of Liberty, right? I have no idea. Um, let's go with uh, some type of pass to Marvin Harrison. How about a uh, some type of, uh, just to get him involved right away, um, how about like a, you know, I don't know, a deep in route to Marvin Harrison, maybe intermediate. Um, I don't know. I have no idea. They'll probably run up the middle now that I said that. Buckeye Warrior, in your opinion, rate Coach Knowles' recruiting. Mm. Is there a cop-out going incomplete? Because I think now we have. He's been here a year and a half. I don't think I, don't think I can go incomplete. I, I got to go. I like him as a defensive coordinator. So far as a recruiter, and this surprises me because – He's, he's a cool guy to be around, and the players themselves say this. They really like him. <sighs> C minus? I don't know. It's just – and another thing, he, they only play two linebackers. They like Peyton Pierce, so maybe that's unfair. And I don't – Garrett Stover is another one they have. I mean, it's, it's really tough. I know this is the day after they lost KVA, so it's like everybody's pissed at Knowles. I get it. Um, and they didn't, you know – Missed out on guys last year, too. That's when I would have would have given him an incomplete. Yeah, you can't give him like a, an A or a B. I'm not going to give him an F. I, I think Peyton Pierce is really good. I think he's going to be the future starting middle linebacker here. So I'll give him a C minus. I get it. I get it. KVA was a big miss. Um, you know, James Laurinaitis is helping out, too. So I still think they're going to get, you know, somebody. Is it going to be Booker Pickett Jr.? Um whose uncle Ryan Pickett was a very good D tackle here. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I would guess Booker Pickett Jr., four-star, high four-star, will probably stay in the South. He's from Florida. He's down to basically Florida, Georgia, Miami, and Ohio State. Um, he's going to visit Ohio State, according to our Bill Curlick. Um, so they're in on other guys. So we'll see. Frankly, with Jim Knowles, if they have a kick-ass defense this year, I don't want to say I don't – don't care about recruiting. I care about recruiting, but the number one thing I care about is how is he going to do as the coordinator this year? And I think he's going to do pretty well with all this depth we've been talking about. Um, so we'll see. Um, another one from another one from Knowles or about no, from Knowles. Jim Knowles is not asking questions. No, this is from Heisman. You can Knowles recruit good enough to remain the defensive coordinator at Ohio State. Yeah, I think he can. Again, he's got the personality for it. Um, he's never recruited on this level before. I mean, Oklahoma State was the you know best program he had been at previous to Ohio State. Um, so he's still getting used to big boy recruiting, but I think he can. And having Laurinaitis on the staff helps. Even though Laurinaitis can't hit the road, um, that at least helps. And not just on the staff, but um, as the basically the linebackers coach, even though he's technically a GA. I had a buddy reach out. Um, I'm not going to say his name. I don't know if he wants it out there, but I had a buddy reach out saying, are you, you really think Houston's going to go to um, Alabama? I, 
I don't know. I'm just, you know, if I had to bet right now, it sounds like it's trending away from Ohio State. I'll put it that way, my friend. And thank you for tuning in. Um, I appreciate the question. But so I don't feel that strong that he's going to go to Bama. I just I don't feel that strong he's going to go to Ohio State. I'll put it this way. If you gave me Ohio State or the field for Edric Houston, I would take the field and hope I'm wrong. Let's put it that way. But again, I do feel confident about Aaron Scott and Dylan Stewart. But there you go about Coach Knowles' recruiting. We've had a, I think we've even got more in the hopper here. I don't, maybe I'll skip past this as I'm just going to repeat myself. Okay. This is a more of a question for um, the people that do our database at, at 24 7 Sports. This is from Arcs BB. Arcs BB. Why can't we get separate offensive and defensive recruiting rankings as well as overall? Yeah, I get it. He's, he's saying with all the spreadsheet wizards out there, he's like, this would help provide insights and add to the recruiting dialogue. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I will pass that along to our people at 24-7 Sports Headquarters. I think that's a good idea. We like keeping um, the database cutting edge. So, um, yeah, I think that's a good idea where you can separate and say, okay, man, then Ohio State would have finished with the number one class recently because a lot of their offensive classes would have finished number one. Defensive classes, maybe not so much in the – not even in the top ten maybe, but they've got to get that – and they're doing a better job this year. I mean, my gosh, they've got a five-star D tackle in this class. Um, they got Bryce West. It's not like they're like completely striking out. And again, let's see what happens with Aaron Scott and Dylan Stewart and some of these other guys before we start jumping off the Lane Avenue Bridge. Okay, Caleb the Buckeye. Looking at Ohio State's roster and with Brian Hartline as the new offensive coordinator, I'm curious if you think we will see some formation changes maybe less two tight end sets and more four wide or maybe some two running back sets have I heard anything on this Caleb the Buckeye I have not heard anything on this and here's why I am convinced could be wrong that Ryan Day is still going to be running the show now will Brian Hartline be heavily involved in everything yes just like Kevin Wilson was but I don't think he's going to turn it over to Brian Hartline. Now, well, Brian Hartline, can he suggest, like you're mentioning, hey, I think we should do more four wide against this team. Maybe less 12 personnel against these guys. Yeah, that's going to happen. But there's also going to be, they like their 12 personnel. As most of you know, I'm sure you guys know, two tight ends on the field, 12 personnel. And they like that. Um, they, they run a lot of that, relatively speaking, for a team known for throwing the ball a lot and mixing in, you know, um, I mean, they do. They're, they're known for throwing the ball a lot. But don't forget, J.K. Dobbins, that was um, Ryan Day's first season as head coach. And J.K. Dobbins, the only Ohio State running back to ever go, ever reach 2,000 yards in a season. That was a Ryan Day running back is the only one to reach 2,000 yards. So it's not like he Ryan Day ignores the running game. Travion Henderson went over 1,000 yards his uh, freshman season. So they just were so hurt, so, you know, just crushed with injuries at the running back position last year. But um, so I think, you know, will Hartline have – some new ideas. Yes. Um, will day, you know, lean on him at times for play calling. Yes. But this is still going to be Ryan day show. In my opinion, we'll see. Cause when coach day was asked about that during the spring, it was, it did. You kind of could read between the lines. This isn't like, yep. Just turning over the reins to Brian. Here you go. So collaborative effort. Justin Fry will be involved in that too. Run game coordinator, Justin Fry. Um, but uh, so all three of those guys will be heavily involved in, I love they have Joe Philbin as an analyst. How about that? That's just we, – we talked about that like months ago when it happened. I haven't really talked about that much. I just absolutely love having a former NFL head coach um, on this staff. And he also very good NFL offensive coordinator for many years. Um, 
a lot of experience as an offensive line coach. So he's going to help with the O line, the offense in general. That's awesome. And you, and you still have um, Todd Fitch on staff as an analyst too. Another guy that, that Ryan Day really likes and really leans on. So they Ryan's done a good job with his you know getting his uh, these analysts. You know the the Saban plan, Philbin being the one that really interests me. Although I, that's no, I like Todd Fitch a lot too. It's just he's been there for a few years, and it's it's good that he's around, and it's good that Philbin's around too. So good they have two of them. Okay. This is from Jay Andre 32. Jay Andre 32. Aside from quarterback play, which position's performance will have the largest impact on our chances at a national championship this season? It's got to be offensive line, right? Has to be. Has to be. Um, I believe in this defense. I believe in this defense. I will say the offensive line, I think it can get there, um, but I need to see it first. I'm still I, I just just have some questions there. Um, I think Carson Hinsman is going to be a future stud here. Like, is he going to be a stud right away as a redshirt freshman? That's tough. He can do it, though. Um, and, you know, when is it when is he going to be a stud? He doesn't need to be the first game. He needs to be able to get the job done. Can he like morph into that, you know, as the season goes as the starting center, presuming he beats out Vic Cutler like I think he will. Um, so I really like Carson Hinsman. Um, would have liked another year in the lab. For, I wish Whipler would have came back for one more year, but is what it is. Turn the page. Let's go Carson Hensman. It's your time now. Um, you know, good kid, good family, and, uh, you know, tough Wisconsin boy. I think he I, – I, I'm confident in him. And then you look at the tackles. Josh Fryer, first-year starter, but was the sixth man last year. He's probably better suited as a right tackle, but he's going to play left tackle. Um, good player. I think he's going to have a good year. And then if it's – Josh Simmons at right tackle, the transfer from San Diego State. How's he going to be? He was good as a redshirt freshman at San Diego State, but that was San Diego State. Uh, also had more than his share of penalties, but a lot of those were, you know, pre-snap things. You can you can work on that. Um, now some guys just never get over it, as we know. Fill in your JB Shugart's joke as you as you will, but um, you know, but I you know I say Simmons is probably going to be the starting um, right tackle but Zen Mahalski's not going to go down without a fight Tegra Shabola not going to go down without a fight so they've got a little bit of depth there so that's good and you know the guards are really good so that's awesome I mean Donovan Jackson's the best offensive lineman on this team and then Matt Jones back as a sixth year senior so that's good but to answer your question what's going to decide that the offensive line to me you say other than quarterback offensive line that's the biggest question if the offensive line can be good this team can go a long way if the offensive line's just average can't get it done then yeah it's not gonna be good enough against Michigan that's not gonna be good enough against any team you play in the playoff if you're fortunate enough to get there might not be good enough against Penn State Wisconsin Notre Dame it's a tough schedule this year tough schedule one more from Deegs D-E-E-G-S-H butchering your name I'm sure Deegs if I could take one player from any Big Ten team to add to the Buckeyes, who am I taking? You stole my answer. Yeah, it'd be Olu Fashanu. Olu Fashanu from Penn State, the left tackle. Yeah, Olu Fashanu. He'll be, you know, he'll be a top five NFL draft pick this year, in my opinion. Um, he um, has only started a total of nine games at Penn State. Um, banged up a little bit as a true freshman. Then uh, last year was having a great year. Um, and but then was lost for the year with an injury. Only started eight games last year. Still a second team All Big Ten. Uh, I mean, he's playing like 
first team All-American level, but because he missed so many games. He's only started nine games at Penn State, and this will be his last year. That's the one I would take for sure. Plug that big guy in there at left tackle, move Josh Fryer to right tackle, and you have all the other guys as like backups. Let's go. Penn State's got talent this year. If, if I thought James Franklin was even a decent in-game coach, I might be saying they they might be the best team, or at least second best behind Ohio State. They're right there, though. I mean, this is a very talented Penn State roster. If Drew Aller can have a good year as their first-year starting quarterback, um, they're going to be a problem. I'm glad that game's at the horseshoe this year. So, yeah, that's the one I would take. Next one from Slim Kid. He's uh, concerned with Knowles and the defensive recruiting. Uh, he's hoping that uh, Justin Fry can land Brandon Baker out of modern day. Yeah, we all, that'd be huge, getting the five-star number one the, uh, offensive tackle in the country. Um, and I think the Buckeyes have a good chance there. It sounds like an Ohio State-Oregon battle for Baker. Um, hopefully, that you know, the Buckeyes can get it done there. Um, basically, Slim Kid wants to know, you know, can they close out this class strong? Who are my likely top-rated guys to commit? Um, I'll say they get Baker. It's not going to be easy, but I think, you know, the fact they've recruited California well, they've had some guys come out of there um, and then have done really well and making a lot of money like right now, like Chris Olave and, and C.J. Stroud, um, you know, had, uh, you know, Wyatt Davis was a third-round pick from California. They got Hero Canoe from out there and a few others. So just missed out on KVA, but um, overall they've done a good job out there. You know, I think, you know, I think they're going to win out over Oregon. That's I'll, I'll go with Baker's going to be a Buckeye. I think Ohio State will land Dylan Stewart, like I said. Uh, and I think Ohio State's going to land Aaron Scott. And there'll be others, but those are three big-time guys that I think Ohio State's going to get. They're going to get those three five-star guys. Jeff. 2011 Jeff 2011 Oh this is part of the uh, the headline of today's show with the KVA with the KVA decision and a section of bucknutters losing their minds do you feel Ryan Day is a top 5 coach who would you rank as the top 5 coaches in college football let's get to it are right, you got to put Saban number 1 have to put Nick Saban number 1 even though he might be on the downturn I believe it's like you know I'm I, I'll I know they haven't won a national championship in all of what uh, three years, but um, yeah, he's won like, yeah, he's the best coach ever. He's got to be number one, has to be. And I think you got to put Kirby number two, right? Have to. I mean, he's back to back national champion. Imagine right now being a Georgia fan and somebody not ranking Kirby as one of the top two coaches. You'd be like, come on. He just won the last two national championships. He's recruiting his butt off. Um, he might be uh, the new Saban. You know, I don't think he's going to get that far, but you just, you just can't argue with the results. Which leads me to number three, Dabo Sweeney. Now, do I think Dabo right now is really what I, you know, would I pick him over maybe a couple other guys that are going to be a little further down on my list? No, but I think, again, he's won two national championships. Again, put yourself in the shoes of a Clemson fan. I mean, if somebody's talking about your head coach and he's won two national championships. You're going to put somebody who hasn't won a national championship over a guy that's won two? Can't do it. Can't do it. And it's not like Dabo took over a program that – I can't believe I'm sitting here defending Dabo. I'm going to need to take a shower. I took a shower a little bit before the show. Now I'm going to need to take a shower after the show because I am now found myself defending Dabo. But it's not like he took over some, like, powerhouse program. He took over Clemson, which was known for Clemsoning, and turned them into a two-time national champion. So you got to put Dabo third. Number four. If you're not an Ohio State fan, you're going to say Homer alert. I don't care. I believe it. Ryan Day. Ryan Day is a top five coach. I put him number four, and um, 
I think he is knocking on the door. Once he he's been so close, and uh, then if he wins one, I think then you can make the argument that you could put him ahead of Dabo, even though the math doesn't really add up there. But you know what I mean. If if Dabo doesn't get it done this year and he's on the downswing, days on an upswing, has a national championship in his bag, then it's a conversation. Right now, day is fourth in my book. And fifth was really tough for me, really tough. I went with Kyle Whittingham from Utah. I just feel like what he's done at Utah, which I love that he's probably never going to leave Utah, and I love it. He's been there. He took over for Urban Meyer at Utah. That's how long he's been there. He was Urban Meyer's defensive coordinator at Utah. (laughs) That's how long he's been at Utah. I love it. I just think he's such a a great coach and just a good guy. He's the guy that I would want running my program um, if it wasn't Ryan Day. Maybe a younger version of Kyle. I'm not saying if if Day moves on in a couple years, I want Whittingham because – I don't know how much longer he wants to coach, but Kyle Whittingham, when he took over Utah or 10 years, that's the, you know, and even right now, I mean, he's still got tons of energy. He's not that old, but um, I think Dave's going to be at Ohio state for a few more years. So, um, but I'll go with Whittingham, others receiving votes. Um, I think a lot of us are not big Brian Kelly fans, but I think you got to give him his props. He's a, he's a top 10 coach in college football. Uh, Brian Kelly's on there. You got to put Harbaugh on there. Now, the thing, the thing about Harbaugh is he's hot right now. He's still 2-5 and five against Ohio State. Can we not forget that? That just gets swept under the rug. He's not 2-0 and o against Ohio State, okay? He's 2-5 and five against Ohio State. People tend to forget that. But Harbaugh, top 10 coach, he's, you know, made the playoffs. He's, you know, you know, so you got to, you got to, ah, I don't know if you have to, but I'm, I'm going to put him in the top 10. Luke Fickle, to me is a top 10 coach with what he did at Cincinnati. And um, James Franklin, I guess I'll put him in the top 10. And Lincoln Riley. Again, though, this, that's why they, these guys all have flaws, which is why they didn't make my top five. I thought about Lincoln Riley at fifth. My, I just can't trust him at defense. I talked about that earlier. I can't trust Lincoln Riley the way he coaches defense or doesn't coach defense and hires defensive coordinators and just whatever his, I don't know. He's just he's not a, he's not a guy who really likes the defense. My gosh, this is a long show. Okay. Fox R two thousand and one. Yeah, as he mentioned, this is basically questions that have been asked earlier. Um, this is just about KVA and missing out on defensive recruits and what I think Dylan Stewart and Aaron Scott are going to do. So there you go. I've already answered that one. Buckeye forty five twenty seven. I like that. Buckeye 45-27, Archie Griffin, Eddie George. The little bit of Andy Katzenmoyer mixed in, which I always thought that was so cool of Archie. He could have said, no, you're not taking my 45. He let Andy Katzenmoyer wear it. Love that. Archie's just such a great guy, which is why we Caleb Williams can't win the Heisman this year. We still need Archie to have, be the only two-time winner of the Heisman Trophy. Buckeye 45-27, with the playoffs expanding next year, do I think the coaches will rotate the players more often to keep the starters fresh and to prevent injuries? Interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Um, makes sense. I don't know if they will. Theoretically, that makes sense, though. Uh, it's a good question. I never thought about that. But um, yeah, if you, now you know, like it's not like like this year. You know, you can lose one game and still get in, but you can't lose two. You can't lose two. Next year, if Ohio State goes ten and two, like, they're a lock to get in. They'll probably be in if they're nine and three, depending on what the three is. They'll probably still be a top twelve team if they're nine and three. So there you go. Bayou Buckeye, 1995. Bayou Buckeye, 1995. What is the strongest and weakest aspect of the 2023 Ohio State Buckeyes? And can one of these negate the other? Strongest aspect is the wide receivers. I mean, 
you've got the number one wide receiver projected in next year's drafting. He's projected as high as the number two overall pick. So I'm saying he's the best wide receiver to come out of college football since Randy Moss. Um, and we we see it. I mean, he made he made so many plays last year that were just ridiculous. Marvin Harrison Jr. is unbelievable. And then Emeka Ibuka, by many, is projected as the number two wide receiver off the board. And then you got Julian Fleming, who's entering his fourth year, former number one wide receiver in the country. Um, you got Jaden Ballard, you got Xavier Johnson, you've got all these crazy great freshman class with Carnell Tate and Noah Rogers and uh, Brandon Ennis and Bryson Rogers. You got a couple of second year guys and uh, Kojo Antwi and Keon Grays. So it's got to be wide receiver. Weakest group, I keep saying offensive line. Like, I don't think they're uh, weak, but that's my biggest question mark. Um, and can the wide receivers negate the offensive line? No, if you have a bad offensive line, that's going to screw everything up. But I don't think they're going to be bad. I don't think they're going to be bad. I'm just, can they be championship level is the question. They'll be good enough by far to beat Indiana and Western Kentucky and Rutgers and teams like that. Can they go to Notre Dame and win? Can they go to Wisconsin and win? Go to Michigan and win? Can they beat Penn State? Got four really tough games on the schedule. You know, somebody else is going to give them a tough game, too, that's going to sneak up on them a little bit. Maybe a Maryland. I don't know. Maryland tends to get smoked when they come here to Columbus and then plays Ohio State usually tough in College Park. So maybe not Maryland, but who knows? Who knows? All right, Red Bull 88. Final question of the show here on a uh, – man, it's like going back to the uh, Bucknuts radio hour, going way back on you guys, or front row radio. Um yeah, we, uh, we were doing podcasts when we didn't even know what the term podcast was. We just called it online radio, basically. Uh, we've been doing these podcasts for a long, long time on Bucknuts. Red Bull 88. We know the restrictions. So what exactly what is the plan to get James Laurinaitis on the, on the road recruiting? What can we do to get Little Animal on the road recruiting? Well, one idea would be when a spot opens up on the staff, you know, if that happens, he could move into that, even if it's not – um, I don't know, even if he, I don't know, I don't know what would happen, but another idea would be, um, they're not gonna do it this year would be to not have a special teams coach and make Laurinaitis the linebackers coach and Knowles would still be the defensive coordinator, but he wouldn't be defensive coordinator slash linebackers coach. He would just be defensive coordinator, which is really what he is right now. I mean, Laurinaitis is going to be running the linebacker room. He's GA by name only. So that's one option that comes to mind off the top of my head. You could not have a special teams coach have, you know, several different coaches have, you know, parts of the special teams that they're in charge of, and you don't have a special teams coach. And instead you have Laurinaitis as the linebackers coach, and then he'd go on the road recruit. So and for those that don't know, Laurinaitis can recruit right now. He just can't go on the road. So he can communicate with recruits, text with recruits. He can talk to recruits when they come to campus, all that call him on the phone, anything like that. He just can't go on the road and recruit, which is obviously a big deal, but he, it's not like he can't recruit. He just can't go on the road and recruit, which I'm sure most of, you know, I just wanted to clear that up for anybody that does not know that. So um, yeah, that, that would be one way to do it. And it's going to happen event. I don't know what, I don't know if that's how Ryan day is going to do it eventually. And I, I bet by the 2024 season after this season, I thought Laurinaitis is going to be the linebackers coach is my guess how they're going to get there. I'm not sure, but one option would be, Eliminate special teams coach, make Laurinaitis the linebackers coach. That'd be one option. All right. Thank you very much for riding along with me on this marathon version of the Bucknuts Morning 5. I really appreciate it. If you like the show and you're not already subscribed and you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Helps us out a lot. Thanks again to all of you. I appreciate it very much. Thanks to 
the Bucknutters for the questions they asked on the front row message board. Again, thanks to all of you for tuning in. I appreciate it very much. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day. Bye.